Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to Thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. I love the Lord, because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell gat hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, All men are liars. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Old Testament for this Wednesday Vespers of Lightair is written in the second chapter of Jonah, beginning at the first verse. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. He said, I called because of my affliction to the Lord. He answered me, Out of the belly of Sheol I cried. You heard my voice. For you threw me into the depths, in the heart of the seas. The flood was all around me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to the soul. The deep was around me. The weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth barred me in forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, the Lord my God. 
When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. My prayer came in to you, into your holy temple. Those who regard lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited out Jonah on the dry land. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the sixth chapter of Romans, beginning at the first verse. Brothers, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? May it never be. We who died to sin, how could we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, we will also be part of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be in bondage to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin one time. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Thus consider yourselves also to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. Also, do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin will not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Don't you know that when you present yourselves as servants and obey someone, you are the servants of whomever you obey, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness? But thanks be to God that, whereas you were bondservants of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were delivered. Being made free from sin, you became bondservants of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For as you presented your members as servants to uncleanness and to wickedness upon wickedness, even so now present your members as servants to righteousness for sanctification. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit then did you have at that time in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Small Catechism, Holy Baptism, the Fourth Part what does such baptizing with water signify? It signifies that the old Adam in us should, by daily contrition and repentance, be drowned and die with all sins and evil lusts, and again a new man daily come forth and arise, who shall live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Where is this written? St. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, 
We are buried with Christ by baptism into death, that, like as he was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Now when Jesus came into the parts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, Some say John the Baptizer, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever you release on earth will have been released in heaven. Then he commanded the disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and the third day be raised up. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this will never be done to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block for me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? Or what will a man give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will render to everyone according to his deeds. Most certainly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will no way taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, for he is gracious and merciful. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, for he is gracious and merciful. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Being born defines who you are. For instance, I'm the son of a Christian middle-class Midwest factory worker and homemaker. I carry the name they gave me. I inherited from them my quirks and subtleties, my strengths and weaknesses, my height and even loss of my hair. Who I am in this life was defined at my birth, and that's not a surprise. We heard that last week. However, to take that a bit further, what does all of that mean? to be defined by your birth? What does it indicate? What does it mean for my day-to-day -day life that I've been defined in those ways? How does it all play out? One's birth is equated to the rest of one's life. And what's meant by that is this. I wasn't born rich. I wasn't born to a rich New England family, riding horses every day, going to high-cost prep schools, having an elite famous name. 
That's not what I experienced, which is okay. Nor was I born in an impoverished inner city ghetto. I didn't experience that either. But when you are defined as the son of a Christian middle class Midwest blue collar family, that has implications. We had what we needed, but never in excess. We went to a normal school. We went to church nearly every Sunday. We didn't wear high-end clothing, but we didn't wear rags either. And that definition of who I am, that's matured over the years. Or that's, I've grown and matured in that definition over the years. Where I was a boy, now I'm a man. Where I was single, now I'm a husband and father. Where I was a student, now I'm a pastor. But through all that, the definition of who I am has not fundamentally changed but it has bore its fruit. It has shown now what was before only potential and expectation. Place me anywhere in the world. Who I am would not change from my birth because my birth, again, is equated to the rest of my life. And last week we heard about how baptism is a rebirth. And this week we asked, what does such baptizing with water indicate? That is, what does such a rebirth indicate? What does it mean for day-to-day -day life to be, to be defined by this rebirth? How does it play out? How does, this, how does this rebirth equate to the rest of the Christian life? How does it set the parameters of this Christian life? And all those questions are answered in that one verse. Romans 6.4 Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. The definition of who we are in this rebirth, the parameters, the boundaries of our life in this rebirth, is in the passion of our Lord. Let's look at this by starting here. Paul says, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. Into death. The origins, the foundation, the boundaries of baptism are found in the death of our Lord. In our Lord's baptism, he was submerged into the waters. A submerging, which is a death. And the submerging of our Lord into the waters is his own death on the cross. And that's not metaphorical. I'm not saying his being submerged in the waters represents his death on the cross. No. I'm saying his death on the cross gives the essence, the reality, and the definition of his being submerged into the waters. So that when we speak of the baptism of our Lord, we're not speaking just of that watery event when our when John the Baptist baptized him. We're saying our Lord's baptism was his death on the cross. In the waters is where our Lord was counted and sacramentally involved, says one theologian, with sinners. Where he confesses his identity with sinners. But on the cross is where he underwent his transformation. It's where he became sin for us. It's where he became became the chief of sinners. It's where he surrendered his life for others. Where his death was a death to sin, a death in the place of and for us sinners. His baptism was his death, so that his death may be our baptism. Receiving our baptism, we receive our baptism when he died from the waters 
which flowed from his side. That is to say, this rebirth in baptism indicates death. And what this means for us day to day is death. For the rest of our life, rebirth and baptism means death. The boundaries of this rebirth, one of them is death. When we go into the waters to be reborn, we go to die. And as a Lutheran theologian puts it, the very first thing baptism is then, it's an atom event. That is, as we go to the waters, we first and foremost identify ourselves with our first father, Adam, and we recognize the original sin that we receive from him is our sin. We look at the sin we receive from him and we confess it as our own. Then in the waters we are submerged and sacramentally we are baptized into our Lord's death where united with and baptized into the flesh and blood of Christ, we are united to him who was condemned for our sin, who took God's wrath for us. We die with him. We are buried with him. Again, this isn't metaphorical. As you went into the waters, you actually die in Christ. It is an actual and real death which makes you a son of Adam. Dead. A death you are brought into. It is a real and actual burial, dust to dust, that you are brought into. When you are submerged into the waters, Christ's death is your baptism, and there you die once to sin in his death. And baptism is what being a Christian is all about, which means the death of Christ, which you are reborn into, is what defines and sets the boundaries for your Christian life. The, the death of Christ crucified equates to the rest of your Christian life. It's not a metaphor. Here's what the reality of Christ's death into which you are reborn into means for your day-to-day -day life. Here's how it plays out. In this life, you've been given a clean heart, but your original sin, it never leaves your flesh in this life. You will always be a sinner in this life. So you will always need to die. Your flesh will always need to be mortified. Your baptism into Christ's death is a one-time death to sin, yes, but that death to sin is now your daily reality. And whereas you have received one baptism, in that one baptism, every day now is a spiritual baptism without ceasing. Every day is the death of Christ for you. Every day is the mortification of your flesh without ceasing. That is your reality as defined in this rebirth. And the day-to-day -day reality looks like this. It's a life of repentance. Daily repentance. We're in repentance and the confession of sins. It brings the reality of Christ's death and burial evermore to the surface of your life. It's a repentance brought on by the word, by the law, by the guilt and terrors of conscience. However, it's not as if in your daily repentance that you're running on a treadmill or treading water, never getting anywhere. Rather, in daily repentance, the old Adam daily dies, daily decreases more and more, is continually and more and more put to death. 
The fasting of Lent is merely an exercise in training us for this daily death, in denying what the flesh wants. The old Adam in us continually dies. The baptism of Christ's death is always happening. It will happen over and over and over until our body dies and is put in the ground with Christ. So being baptized into the death of Christ, we do not revel in sin. We die to sin in the waters. We daily die to sin in repentance. It's taking those evil desires and sins and drowning them violently in the waters day after day after day. And so we strive for the body of sin to be done away with so that we're no longer slaves to sin. Because in baptism, we long to put this death We long to put to death this flesh of sin and let its members be used as instruments. We'd rather, let me start that over. In baptism, we would rather put to death this flesh of sin than let sin use our members as instruments of unrighteousness. That's the reality of rebirth and baptism. It's defined by the death of our Lord. A death wants to sin. So let's look at the other half of what St. Paul says. He says, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Which means the origins, the foundation, the boundaries of baptism are also found in the resurrection of our Lord which is possible because our Lord's death and resurrection, they're not two events, they're one whole event. Like baptism is one whole event. In in his baptism, our Lord arose from the waters. It was a rising to new life. The rising of our Lord from the waters is his own resurrection from the tomb. Again, not a metaphor. This is not saying that his rising from the waters represents his resurrection. No, rather, his resurrection from the tomb gives the essence, reality, and definition to his rising from the waters. So that when we speak of the skies opening and the Father proclaiming, this is my beloved Son, we speak not just of that watery event, we're saying this is what the Father said and proclaimed of the Son also at his resurrection. Rising from the waters, our Lord's baptism was complete. His identity was shown to be the Son of God, the Christ, the Savior of all the sinners with whom he identified with. On the cross is where our Lord underwent a transformation. Yes, laying down his life and becoming the chief of sinners. And in the resurrection is where our Lord regained his life. For he was vindicated for us. His baptism was his death. His resurrection was the regaining of his life so that in his resurrection we may be vindicated, that is, justified as we rise from the waters, reborn in him. That is to say, the rebirth in baptism indicates resurrection. What it means for us day to day is life anew. For the rest of your life, It's new life. The boundaries of of this rebirth is not just death. 
it's also life eternal. When we go into the waters to be reborn, we go to be resurrected. That same Lutheran theologian. Whereas he said the first thing baptism can be, can be is an Adam event, from there it then ultimately and eternally becomes the Christ event. That is, as we go to the waters, we come to the waters as Adam's sinful children. But through baptism, through the waters, in the resurrection of Christ, we become justified children of God. We come identifying ourselves as sons of Adam, confessing our sins. But as we rise from the waters, God recognizes us as saints. God acknowledges us as his own. He identifies himself as our Father. We go in confessing our sins. We arise confessing the creed. We go into the waters to be redeemed and we come out justified. In the waters, we rise. And sacramentally rising, we are justified by His resurrection. We're united with and baptized into the flesh and blood of Christ. We are united to Him who is the first fruit of the resurrection, who ascended into heaven, who sits at the right hand of God, who rules over heaven and earth in the flesh. Not a metaphor. When you arise from the waters, it means you will, you will be resurrected in Christ. It is an actual and real resurrection which you, a son of God, are brought into. It is a real and actual ascension, a real and actual reigning over heaven and earth which you are brought into. When you arose from the waters, Christ's resurrection into glory is yours by promise. One resurrection to life eternal, to be lived in Christ, to die no more, where death has no more dominion over him or over you, whereby grace you will rule in power and dominion with him. Again, baptism is what being a Christian is all about, which means death and resurrection into Christ which you are born into, which defines and sets the boundaries of your Christian life. The resurrection of Christ crucified equates to the rest of your Christian life. It, this is no metaphor. It is the sacramental reality of eternal life which you are born into. And so here's the reality of Christ's resurrection, what it means for your day-to-day -day life and how it plays out. In this life, you are at the same time sinner and saint. Original sin will never leave your flesh until your flesh dies. You may always be a sinner in this life, but this life will end. You will not be a sinner forever. In this life, baptized, you will also always be a saint. And where your corrupted flesh will one day die, one day that same flesh will rise uncorrupted, flowing with the life and righteousness and glory of Christ. You're a sinner until you die. You're a saint forever. Eternally. And we know this is true. 
Because even though we always need to die and our flesh will always need to be mortified, so also will we always arise from the waters until the one day we are resurrected from the dead. Your baptism into Christ's death is a one-time death to sin. And your baptism into Christ's resurrection is a one-time resurrection to life eternal. That resurrection to life, that's also your daily reality. Every day now is a spiritual baptism with an arising to life without ceasing. Every day is a resurrection without fail. That is your reality as defined in this rebirth. The day-to-day reality, it looks like this. It is a life of daily repentance, but also a life where daily forgiveness is given and received. Wherein forgiveness, the reality of Christ's resurrection and ascension in baptism is never brought is ever brought to the surface of our life. A forgiveness brought on by the word, by the gospel, by baptism, absolution, preaching, the supper. Forgiveness given for your assurance and comfort of conscience. Just as in daily baptism, the old man dies daily, decreases daily, and is put more and more to death, so also in daily forgiveness and sanctification. Is the new man in Christ risen daily? Daily increases. The new man is made more and more holy and ready for the resurrection. During Lent, we fast to show that the new man is dying. On Sundays, the Lord's Supper brings the reality of the resurrection to you. Brings you the fulfillment of all things. Makes us ready for the day of our Lord's return. The new man continually rises. The resurrection of Christ is always happening. It will happen daily until our bodies one day rise from the grave with Christ at his command. So being baptized into the resurrection of Christ, we present ourselves to God as being alive from the dead, desiring to be present or desiring to present our members as instruments of righteousness to God under his grace, to show his grace to others, to be slaves to him in righteousness. Being set free from sin, we strive for the day when we are given the prize, which is ours even now by promise in the waters. Because that is the reality of rebirth and baptism. It's defined by the death and resurrection of our Lord. A death once to sin, and a resurrection once to life eternal. Because that is when our baptism in the name of Christ, that's when it reaches its fullest expression. When we, the baptized, die, and when we are resurrected with Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.
And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, 
and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send them help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning. I say more than they watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried, Unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. O Lord, washer away of sins, who quickly comforts the soul that faithfully calls on you, we beseech you that you would deliver us from the peril of hell, and doing away with the death of sin, restore us to the land of the living. Heavenly Father, through your word and spirit, you call us to daily contrition and repentance for our sin, that the old Adam in us might be drowned and die with all his sins and evil desires. Work true repentance in our hearts every day. Teach us to confess our sins and to flee to Christ for our life and salvation. By your word of forgiveness, raise up the new man of faith in us, that we might live before you in righteousness and purity forever. O God, who by grace grants sinners forgiveness, have mercy upon your suppliant people, that confessing our guilt we receive remission thereof. Grant, we beseech you, Almighty God, that we, who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished, by the comfort of your grace, may mercifully be relieved. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing that you have created and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except Thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in Thy strength and abundance in Thy towers. 
O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all harm and danger. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.